Welcome to HB RV Lifestyle, the podcast. I am the host, the Honey Badger, here to give it to you straight and transparent about the RV business, as well as other things. Today's episode, I'm going to ruffle a lot of feathers on the RV factory slash manufacturing side of the business. And a lot of my dealership friends, I found some of them actually listen to the podcast. They're going to be on the fence about me telling you this stuff. I'm going to go over that a little bit later. So you want to make sure you stick it out for the entire episode or you're going to probably miss out on some key points and information. I know I can get boring at times and I know sometimes I go off into weird tangents, but bear with me on this. Bear with me on my plug nose and my sore throat. I've gotten really sick. Um, you know, if you don't know, the West Coast has been absolutely pounded by rain, and now we got this weird cold front in southern Nevada where it'll get super windy, and now you combine that with all the rain and the water and the flooding, and it was eventually going to happen. I mean, I've been pretty lucky that I didn't get sick at all last year in 2023, but my throat right now, I mean, I can tell that I'm going to be super annoying during this video and during this this podcast episode. Now, <clears throat> where I'm going to ruffle some feathers has to do with the, well, let, let's start with quality control, okay? First off, I am in complete agreement with the super majority of you that leave comments saying that there are some bad apples. Not every single RV built is a disaster. If you consider how many are built or how many have been built over the last, let's call it 30 years, compared to ones that have extreme problems, the percentage is very small. Now, that's not an excuse. So if you're thinking I'm excusing it, I'm not. What I'm telling you is, even though I go over, because I go over both sides. I go over the positive and I go over the negative, right? So I'm not Liz Amazing or Amazing Liz or whatever the hell she calls herself. I'm not her biggest fan. But as I've said in other episodes, she is a necessity. Okay? I think she goes a little too extreme. But I believe we need that. Okay. Um, where I disagree with you is recreational toys are never going to be govern government regulated because they're toys. They're not houses. And that's the biggest problem about boats. <clears throat> pardon me. Boats and RVs. Is they're not meant and built to be lived in. For like 15, 20 years. Probably the three closest manufacturers that you could live full time, full time without making some enhancements, and I'll tell you about that later in this episode, is Riverstone by Forest River, uh, Mobile Suites by DDRV, and Redwood. That's it. The Tiffin Van Lay, not really. 
Could you go camping in it, move around in it six months? Sure. We're finding out that Grand Design fifth wheels are the real problem right now. They're the biggest problem child in the industry when it comes to quality control. They're not meant to be lived in, as we have found out through a lot of full-time RVers that have reflections and solitudes and momentums that they're having massive frame problems, massive construction problems. I'm going to change... I'm going to change my verbiage from frame flex to construction problems overall. Because there seems to be some confusion about what frame flex is. And I'm going to try to get you a better explanation as we go along in this episode. But quality control is a necessity. And so for the head of Forest River to send out the email he sent to all his general managers... Basically stating, get your quality up or I'm going to shut your doors. That makes sense. Okay? I'm on board with that. But there's another carrot that was dangled. And I covered this in my December 1st update video on my main channel. And that other carrot was... Oh, by the way, you have to be profitable too by second or third quarter of this year or I'm going to shut you down. <clears throat> now, I got to give Josh the RV nerd. The next time, if I ever meet him, I'm going to A, go, dude, really? You went corporate on us? But B, I'm also going to give him the biggest brass balls on God's green earth award for posting the president of Forest River's letter to his GMs. Now, Josh couldn't say it was from Forest River, but I'm going to confirm it because I don't work for a corporation. I work for a private guy. It was Forest River, guys. Forest River is the one that sent that letter out to the GMs, basically saying, get your quality up or I'm going to shut you down. But then there's that second carrot. You got to be profitable. I'm going to tell you why that's a nasty, bad thing. The second part. Not the first part, but the second part. So there's two main characters at the top of the two biggest RV manufacturers or RV umbrella companies. And that's Thor Industries and Forest River, Inc. Now... I can't break down the entire umbrella because you'll get bored. But Pete Legal is the president and CEO of Forest River, which is under the Berkshire Hathaway umbrella. So even though Forest River is the RV company, the actual, all of it is under the Berkshire Hathaway umbrella. Thor Industries is a publicly traded company and the CEO and president of the company is Bob Martin. <clears throat> Those are the two dudes that, in all reality, have all the power to do what is necessary to get the industry back on track. Okay. So let me go take one step backward for a minute because I want to go back to COVID-19 lockdowns. COVID-19 lockdowns was a nightmare for manufacturing, a nightmare for dealerships, and a nightmare even further 
for customers that purchased. Now, not everybody. I'm telling you, it wasn't everybody. But the majority, uh, the soup, the, how do I put this? The really extreme problems were amplified. Especially in late 2020, early 2021, until the vendors got their act together and was able to get product to the dealerships. Now, I don't blame anybody, and this is where, where you guys have to understand as a customer. You guys as customers are under the assumption of bad information that dealerships made money hand over fist during COVID-19. This is a fallacy. Okay. Did dealerships make more money per unit during the COVID lockdowns and just after the COVID lockdowns were lifted? Yes. Absolutely. But I want to give you guys something, a little bit of a carrot to help you out with this. Okay? Because I know I'm going to get a lot of blowback. And then I'm going to attack both presidents and CEOs. So bear with me. There's context involved. Because I'm going to go after Pete Legal and Bob Martin in this episode. Because they, it needs to happen. Then I'm going to go after a couple of dealers too. But we'll get into that in a minute. So I want you to write something down. A dealership, a single location. We're not talking about a big corporation like Camping World or Bishes. We're talking about, let's say, a three-location dealership in, in your local state. Okay? Lots of those in Utah. Lots of those in Oregon, etc. In 2019, those locations, each were selling, let's say, 40 in a month. And they were making, let's call an average of $5,000 total profit on each unit. So that's two hundred grand in gross profit, six hundred grand between three locations. Now at $600,000, guys, the owner, probably after taxes, will pocket six grand, roughly about 1%. So the owner of a dealership or the multiple principles of a dealership pocket 1% of the gross profit before payroll is made, <clears throat> before inventory costs, before all that stuff, insurance, taxes, etc. 1%. Okay. So if you got four locations that are making a million dollars, then the dealership, the, the owner is probably going to take home 10 grand. Now you're probably wondering, well, why the hell go through all that effort for that measly pennies on the dollar? There are other benefits that come with owning a corporation. Okay. The majority of the time, an RV dealership owner makes all the money in the sale of real estate. They make money by saving money by all of everything that they own vehicle-wise is done through the company. So there's a lot of advantages to being a business owner. And there's tax benefits. And there's real estate benefits where guys can, if they're smart, 
and they do things right can retire with a couple million in the bank if they're a single location. I personally know one friend of mine that just retired, closed his shop, sold his business, sold it actually to a used car lot. He sold the land, the dealership, he owned it, sold it to a used car uh, conglomerate. He's going to have about $10 million in the bank after taxes. So he worked 20 years, paid off his house, paid off his cars, lived right, didn't overextend himself, lived by his means, built a good company, sold the real estate when he, re when he decided to retire, and now he's going to sit pretty on about $10 bucks. Not bad for 30-year investment in owning a company. And the reason why I'm trying to make this important is because this is what has happened. So during COVID, that same three locations was now doing 15 units a month because there was an inventory shortage. So now instead of making five grand a copy, they were making between ten dollars and $12,000 a copy. So the amount of money they made per trailer, you're absolutely right. But what dealerships pocketed out of it wasn't very much. And now we're seeing it because now the proof is there because now dealerships are hurting for cash. It's no bullshit, guys. Dealerships across the United States and Canada we're on the verge of a complete collapse of the entire system because two old men haven't woken up, drank their coffee, and gotten to work. And I'm going to explain that right now. So, well, what about all these dealers that are buying up dealers? It's not happening like it was. They borrowed money. RV retailers, Blue Compass, borrowed money to expand their operation. They leveraged themselves to open up 100 stores in a two-year period. Is it a good gamble? I don't know. Only time's going to tell. Camping World is almost out of cash. They're looking for more investors through the stock market. Look it up. Now, they're too big to fail in the end. But just another example. Bish's RV is now rumored to be out of cash. The company that Josh the RV nerd works for is out of cash, out of capital. And I'm going to explain why here in just a second, okay? But I got to give you one more caveat, one more carrot. Lazy Days RV filed bankruptcy, Chapter 13. It will be public knowledge on Tuesday the 13th. You heard it first here on the podcast. Because Lazy Days couldn't cut payroll checks to their employees. Now, does this have anything to do with you, the customer? 
No, it doesn't. You guys have done everything you humanly should and could do. Because there's tons of you out there buying. You buying the product isn't the issue. You guys are out there spending the money. I was told today in an email by a customer from the regular channel that if they didn't have access to the information I give on my main channel and here on the podcast, they probably would have waited to 2027 or 2028 to buy because they were getting bad information. And now they're really happy because they got a, a right price and they know they can refinance later. They had a trade-in. Okay? So the customer is not the problem. You, the customer, are not the issue. You guys are out doing what we need you to do, which is go out and buy inventory. And a lot of you are buying a good mixture. There's a good mixture of 2024s being sold and a really good mixture of 2023s being sold. But here's the issue. Dealerships across the United States and Canada are losing their ass selling 2023 inventory. If you're a fan of this podcast and you've listened to episodes prior, you know that I've told you guys that I've lost up to $20,000, $25,000 selling fifth wheels. But at some point, I can't keep doing it because my owner is going to run out of cash. Because everyone assumes, because of all the high prices during COVID, that dealerships are just sitting pretty. Pete Legal told my owner, or at least his underlings told my owner, oh, you're not out, you're fine, you're doing great. He's like, I'm out of cash, dickheads. I can't keep selling this crap. I can't keep selling these 2023s without some serious help. Seven locations. We can't order 2024s because if we do, we're idiots. There's three friends of mine and two colleagues that I know that are out of cash. So any profit that you guys think that dealerships made during COVID-19 and ripping everybody up, oh, you guys ripped it off. It's all karma now. Guys, 18 months, all the money that maybe a dealership has made is up in smoke and gone. And it's not because of greed. It's not because of karma. It's because the manufacturers, guys like Mr. Lemon at Grand Design, Mr. Pete Legal at Forest River, Mr. Bob Martin at Thor Industries, Their ego will not let them write the checks that it's necessary to keep everybody going. Now, you've heard me say this in the past. I don't expect Pete Legal or Bob Martin or Mr. Lemon, I don't expect them to cover an entire five grand loss. I expect you to cover half. Because I think the manufacturer is half responsible. 
And the biggest thing, and I'm sorry, I'm going to cuss here a little bit. Because I know a lot of you guys don't like me cussing, but I'm going to cuss a little bit. The bullshit of the entire thing is that they give almost no money. And they act like they're just helping everybody. Oh, you know, you got to be a good partner. And the only way to be a good partner is to put orders in. So put orders in and we'll give you 250 bucks to help you out sell your old inventory. And they wonder why the yards are filling up. They wonder why the factories can't get orders and why there's only two and three day production in Indiana. They wonder why the market slowed down. Because dealerships are not going to order 2024s. Not in the depth that you, the customer base, are used to. We're pretty much going to go from 2023 to 2025. That's how it's going to go. When a dealership like Lazy Days goes Chapter 13, they get to send back inventory to the factories. The judge... That's going to get in front and, and negotiate the bankruptcy or the lawyers that are going to negotiate the bankruptcy through bankruptcy court are going to send back a lot of inventory to the factory. And both Pete Legal and Bob Martin have gotten stubborn. They don't want to discount the stuff that's in the factory. It's ego. It's not about money. It's not about greed. This is all two old men's inflated egos if you want to know who's worse than donald trump and joe biden right now it's pete legal and bob martin now where i where i want to where i want to go with this is i want to go one step further into this so a lot of you feel like it should be regulated like the housing industry government regulated boats rvs etc That'll never happen. Okay? Because they're toys. Government ain't going to step in on it. But, and here's the but, folks. If the factory workers unionized with the Teamsters, like the majority of the auto industry does, Then the, then the guys like Bob Martin and Pete Legal would have no choice but to help dealers move inventory in a serious manner. Last month, I don't know if it's still going on, but last month, some, one of the car companies was offering like five grand rebates. To purchase certain 2023 cars. So dealerships. Even though a lot of dealerships are being idiots right now on the car industry side. Because they still think it's COVID lockdowns. But. They have the ability to sell a car at a $5,000 loss. And recuperate all their money. Through that rebate program. There's nothing like that here really. Now, what pisses me off is 
There's a high-end fifth wheel brand out there that invoices, dealer invoices for 150 grand. And they offered, oh, we'll give you $7,000 rebate. Okay. $7,000 rebate. If you sell them by January 31st. So from January 1st to January 31st. So let me put that in perspective for you. That's like a politician coming up to you and promising you that they're going to make sure you have free health care through the government for the rest of your life. It's complete horseshit. Because January is one of the worst months across the industry. Now, January for a lot of dealers across the U.S. and across a lot of Canada did very well. And I got to give credit to the customers out there. Even with all the BS going on in the world, you guys are still like, you know what? We're not going to hold back our life over two old men having a dispute over a stupid office in a White House. And I I applaud you guys for that. Okay? But I'm sorry, on a $150,000 invoice, that's dealer cost, what a deal paid for, $7,000... I could piss that away taking a trade-in. They need to get serious. When you got a $150,000 fifth wheel and you have no production and nobody's moving them, you need to get the price down $20,000. $30,000. You need to offer ridiculous rebates around 20% back to the dealer so they can actually be able to sell that fifth wheel and help somebody with a trade-in. This peddly crap is absolute garbage. And I hope Pete Legal listens to this. Because Pete, you and I met, God, dealer days of 2018. You and I have a lot of common people we both know. Guys that worked for you right next to you back in the early days were some of my mentors in this business. And Bob Martin, you and I never got to meet. But I'm going to tell both of you that if you don't set your egos aside and write a check without asking for reorder, you can't ask dealers to reorder when they're overstuffed with inventory. You stuffed them. You need to come up with more than 250 bucks, 750 bucks. You need to come up with something like the auto industry does, where they do it off a percentage. Hyundai Santa Fe at one point was doing $7,000 re total rebate. $7,000 total rebate. That's almost 26% off invoice with holdback. Now, there are dealerships that took advantage of that and sold a bunch of cars, and there's idiots. There's always going to be idiots, guys. There's nobody. This isn't a perfect system, okay? Dealerships are still going to be idiots because there's bad apples, and the bad apples get more attention than the good guys. Let's let's get let's get a fact. The fact is the super majority of every single dealership location across the United States and Canada are really good dealers. 
I get nasty phone calls when people have refrigerators go out and generators go out. That's just part of the business. And there's guys who are just plain idiots. And there's guys who handle things as best as they can. And there's people who are hire people to help them handle stuff. And the hardest part about you being the customer is you feel like the next day, if something went wrong with your toy hauler, you should have priority over everybody. That's a problem because it's an emotional thing. When you go on your first camping trip and crap goes wrong, your anger and emotion levels through the roof. You don't think about the person that may have been waiting four months to get their rig in and they made an appointment and they did all the things they were supposed to do. You think that you should just get right in the front of the line. That's not how it works. Now, most dealerships are very accommodating. Mine particularly, I'm very accommodating. Most of the locations we have in California are very accommodating. But when you're the size of a camping world in Vacaville, where you have over 60 units in service for customer pay work, warranty, insurance, etc., cabinet door fell off. I'm pissed. I want to be in the front of the line. I understand that feeling. It's not like I don't understand it. It's not like I don't sympathize with it. I do. And I'm being a little exaggerated about the cabin door thing, okay? We both, we all know I'm being a little sarcastic about that. But stuff goes wrong. It's an earthquake on wheels. So I'm appreciative of Pete wanting to get his quality up. I'm appreciative of Keystone absorbing Coleman to try to increase the quality on the Coleman 17Bs that Camping World sells for 14.9 or 15.9 or whatever they're up to now. So I'm very appreciative of a lot of that stuff. And I'm pretty sure you, the customer, would be very happy to hear that stuff. But how are you supposed to get the new product out we still got a bunch of crap sitting on dealers' lots that you shoved them with. Let's be real. Now, you the customer, you're in hog you should be in hog heaven right now. Because you can buy most 2023 inventory for a lot less than what the dealership paid for it. Now, there's going to be dealers that are going to get, get have to do it in waves. Okay, I know of a five-location dealership on the West Coast that had to slow down. They can't do it in February, March. They're going to focus in on just selling 2024s and used and recuperate the cash capital so they can sell the 23s because the factory ain't helping. I really want to get one of those heads on the table, but they're chicken. Nobody at the factory wants to talk to me. They're chicken shit. Because they know I'm right. That's the problem, is when they know you're right, but their ego won't let them go into it, right? It's just like this grand design thing. Okay, so Grand Design is having a bunch of construction problems. And I'm going to call them construction problems because 
there's a lot of confusion about what the term frame flex is supposed to be about. And remember what I said, guys. I'm going to remind, I've said 10 episodes in a row. I'm going to say it for the 11th episode in a row. Grand Design ain't the only one with the construction problem. But they are the ones that's like, oh, it seems like every other one is having this problem. I've gotten some emails from some folks saying they've had it on an Alliance fifth wheel. I've had somebody told me they recently had it on their 2019 Montana. But it's so hit or miss with that. Like, it's so small. But it's amplified because of the stupidity that Grand Design is going through. Because for them, it's a combination of greed and ego. And and good luck, because I, I already got contacted... It's very interesting. I got contacted from a very good source of mine that's one of my insiders that I'll never give up. I'll never give up his or her name. I've got about eight contacts on the very inside of the RV manufacturing side of the business. These people, these six to eight people, I'm not going to give you their names or where they work or where they live, but these people have fed me very good information for a lot of years. They've been wrong about a couple things, and lately they've been radio silent until today. Figures I'm sick, not feeling good, and one of them calls me and says, your uh, your podcast episode has been shared with the folks at Grand Design. And I go, really? He says, yeah, they put in a request with YouTube to have you removed. go really now i don't know if that's 100 true yet i'll find out because youtube contacts you on those type of things but apparently they're trying to cancel me because i'm vocally saying what the problem is and i'm telling you the customer the only solution we have as an rv life community is to stop buying Grand Design fifth wheels. I never said stop buying their travel trailers. Their travel trailers, for whatever reason, don't have the issues their fifth wheels do. And maybe it's because they're a little more cookie cutter. Maybe it's because most people don't live in a travel trailer. They live in a fifth wheel. Maybe it's a pitch and presentation of the travel trailer versus the fifth wheel? I don't know. I don't know enough about their production process on their travel trailers. I know enough about their fifth wheels because their fifth wheels are always sitting in my damn service department. So it's crazy. Like, I get all these emails and comments on everything saying that Grand Design has removed my post. Not me personally, but other people's posts on Facebook and Instagram. They've had it removed. I got one guy who's actually, he doesn't do YouTube, he does TikTok. Lives in a reflection. He's got a really cool TikTok channel. It's gone. It's been removed. I look for it today because I want to see an update on his reflection. 
Now, I have a feeling he they didn't remove it on purpose. I have a feeling he had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. When they, they, they either bought back his fifth wheel or they paid him off to keep him quiet. Do I have proof of that? Absolutely not. That's a theory. I'm going to be curious to see, and I'm going to pay attention to all these guys out there that own momentums, own solitudes, own reflections, and they have YouTube channels, and they have good size YouTube channels. They're not small little guys like me. They got good following. I want to see what happens. I'm following along to see what happens. I know one guy had his solitude fixed at the Grand Design plant, and you could tell he was reading a script into the camera that probably Grand Design gave him. Like, we'll fix it and probably give you some money to keep your mouth shut, but I want you to tell everybody how great the experience was. That's why it's hard to trust influencers. Okay? Now, there's a lot, a lot of good influencers out there, but it's hard to turn down money. There's two influencers I know of that are in this space that have been offered stupid amounts of money to basically be a company man, to tow the company line. And they didn't used to be that way. But this all starts at the top. This isn't, this isn't the manufacturing people themselves. This isn't the people in the factories themselves. This isn't anything to do with Lippard. I'm not saying Lippard doesn't have a bad chassis every once in a while. I'm sorry. There's bad cars every once in a while. That's why there's lemon laws. There's supercars that are built. They're piles of crap. There's Ferraris out there that break down every 3,000 miles. And it's not because they're built like crap. It's because it's a complicated, complex machine that goes fast. G-Wagons, Jaguars. The auto industry has as many problems, if not more problems, than the RV business does. And they're built with computered machines. Shoot, look at what ha happened with Hyundai and Kia. Hyundai and Kia had a bunch of theft. A bunch of car thieves figured out how to steal Hyundais. Long time ago, they figured out how to sell, steal a bunch of Honda Civics. I mean, it's... We have to remember that nothing is perfect. Even our own houses that we live in are not built perfectly. They're great when they're new. But even when they're new, things go wrong. And the more you use something... Obviously, the more problems you're going to find. But I'm going to tell you something about an RV and a boat and a car. Let's even go as far as a car. If you don't use it, more problems will happen. I have a guy who's, who traded in a, uh, what was that, 2014 travel trailer. It's been under covered storage in a barn, covered tires, Hasn't been used in five years. I'm scared half to death 
to figure out what has gone on over five years. And it's immaculate. Don't get me wrong. It's beautiful. It's like in the wrapper. That scares the living shit out of me. While a Jayco travel trailer I took it on trade that's beat up pretty much. Shit, everything works in that sucker. It was broken in pretty good. Cosmetically, it's like, you can tell it's been used. It's been lived in. But it's been broken in. Change the furniture. Change the mattresses. Enjoy it. If you buy something new, use it. Well, we're not planning on a trip for six months. Fine. Don't, if you're not going to go on a trip, fine. Take it to a local lake for a day. You got a weekend off? Go take a freaking night and a half and uh, or two-day trip up to a local lake or a local campground. Or maybe on the beach if you live by the beach. Or by, maybe up in the mountains. Or maybe out in the desert. Go use a sucker. I'm telling you, less problems happen when you continue to use things. It's just like a motor on a car. When you don't start it for three or four years, there's going to be issues. It's like boats. Boats, the same thing. When you don't use a boat and it just hangs out in a harbor, hangs out on the lake for like three years, you don't think things are going to go wrong? You can do all the perfect storage things that everybody tells you about on the internet and you still can expect problems to happen. It's a fact of life. What I'm saying is don't let a bunch of bad apples ruin the whole tree. Okay? I know there's a lot of negative information out there. I give you a lot of the negative information. But I also try sprinkling a lot of the positive. It ain't all sunshine and rainbows. And nothing's perfect. And nothing will ever be perfect. Okay, nothing, nothing ever will be perfect in the RV business ever. It's not perfect in the auto world. It's not perfect in the boat world. It's not perfect anywhere. But it ain't all, it ain't Armageddon on everything. And the reason why it's so focused in right now is because of what happened during COVID-19. Because of what happened during right now with Grand Design's bullshit problems they're not even dealing with. Now what I want to do, side note, if you're watching this on YouTube, spot you're listening on Spotify, iHeart, wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you own a Grand Design product and you're having the construction issues that you're all hearing about, frame flex, wall separating from the floor i want i i want to do what one guy i want to try to do what one guy um one guy actually hinted at that what i should do or or kind of requested i don't know what to say about that i'm, I'm all tongue-tied right now i want you to email me at levingston that's l-e-v as in victor i-n-g s-t-o-n r-v services plural at gmail.com i want you to email me the year 
which Grand Design fifth wheel it is and the model of it. And I'm going to try to compile this over the next six months to see if maybe it's just specific models of each fifth wheel. I don't know. To me, it's all over the damn map. But maybe put together some statistics. Okay, so if you're a grand design owner, send me that information if you're having these construction issues. Okay, and let me know what your experience has been too, because I've gotten a lot of emails and comments that have kind of told me, wow, grand design is really fuck shit up. Really bad, like just terrible. It's been, it's not fun right now, guys, to, to have to talk about it like that. Okay. I don't like bashing competition. And they're not really even competition because I don't sell anything that competes with that product. But they really ruin this industry. Moving on. Um, where I was going with this was COVID-19 lockdown problems were amplified because not quality problems, okay? There were some, don't get me wrong. And it was a bigger percentage than normal. But the biggest problem was not the quality issue. The biggest problem was them shipping out units that weren't completed. That so it's not the quality. So people keep asking me, well, I don't want to buy a COVID unit because of all the quality problems. It isn't quality problem. Quality wasn't the problem. Okay. The three really actual problems, if you actually narrow it down and you take emotion out of it, is number one, I just said it, they shipped, it, shipped out units incomplete. Okay, so I had a Keystone Cougar come into one of my lots, and the entire sink for the kitchen, the plumbing, and probably half of the cabinets that were in the living room, dining room slide were on the floor. Uh, I had a Forest River Cardinal that came in and went through snow with cardboard covering the holes for the air conditioner. Uh, I mean, I could give you some stories, guys. I had a, a park model. And the park models probably were the best because they don't build a lot of them. So the, like the Palomino Pumas, they're usually actually, they're, they're cheap and they're not that great a quality unit. They're entry level type park model, but they're affordable and, and you can live in them and you got washer dryer and all that stuff. I like selling them because the price point is perfect for people that want to park it on land. But I remember Doug Bolter, and I'm going to give Doug Bolter a lot of credit. Doug, if you are listening to this, brother, I want to thank you. And I'm going to thank you more in a minute, okay? Because I want to publicly thank Doug Bolter. 
Doug Bolter was a partner of mine at a dealership called Beaumont RV in Beaumont, California for a while. And and you would not have this podcast and you would not have the main HBRV lifestyle channel without that man giving me the push. I want to give him credit and I'll give him more credit later. But this Puma came in and Doug says, come over to me, bud. You want to check this out. And the, there's there's no residential refrigerator and there's no uh, four burner stove and oven. I am not shitting you. It is crazy. Like that was the biggest problem is now we had to go finish the unit. So we became an extension of the damn factory. Okay. The second problem was the availability of certain parts. Okay. So let's say you're having your normal <clears throat> your normal problem. You go out on your first trip, you're going to have problems. I don't care if you're spending 350 grand on a diesel pusher or $15,000 on a little cheapy travel trailer. You're going to find problems on your first trip. That's why I always tell people go local camp for a couple days. Or or I like the way some dealers do it and have you park your ass for 5 days in one spot on their dealership lot. All right, let's find out what the problems are. Because it's perfect right now. Everything works. Well, let's actually use it for five days and let's get let's get that out of the way, right? Some of us don't have that ability, but we would hope that a customer would do that. So I'll give you an example. I had a customer who bought a cat, Coachman Catalina, 263 bunkhouse. Goes out, has a normal problems. Hot water heater doesn't work, you know, probably because some kind of surge came into the coach and fried the circuit board. We all found out it was a circuit board. The circuit boards at the time were four months backlogged. I am not kidding you. Like you couldn't get a bloody circuit board for an appliance. You were on a list. When you needed a certain type of sealant or glue, you were on a damn list. And then the vendors, what made it worse, guys, is not the manufacturers themselves. Yes, they are partially to blame for the price increases. I'm not taking away any of the blame from the RV factories. But probably 80% of the blame is from the vendors that sell them the products to assemble those RVs. <clears throat> Steel, aluminum, chassis wiring, plumbing, jacked up through the damn roof. At one point, some of the parts were 200% higher. So I remember June of 2020, I could buy a lot of the fittings we needed for about a dollar, dollar 25 a piece. That was June of 2020. By September of 2020, it was $5 to $6 for the same parts. Out of control. And the third thing, which is the worst thing that ever could have happened to this industry, was COVID itself. Whether you are a conspiracy theorist who thought, nah, COVID was nothing. It was fake. Vaccines are fake. This is fake. Or whether you're on the other side, which is, 
Oh my god, it's if I step outside, it's gonna kill me. I'm neither one of those sides. But it was a worse saying, if you don't think COVID is real, you weren't in this industry. This industry proved COVID was real. Because we lost a lot of technicians all the time to COVID. And you had to train rookies. You had to start trying to train on the fly technicians that have zero experience. Because a lot of the other te- technicians were older. We're not talking about like 60s older, but, you know, I had a, I had a guy named Frank at Beaumont. He was 47 years old. He caught COVID twice in the hospital one time for a couple months with it. We had to take our porter who knew how to kind of turn wrenches on a car for an oil change and say, hey, we're going to teach you how to do a prep on a travel trailer. So when you tell me, oh, I don't want to buy a COVID unit, there's nothing wrong with the COVID units anymore. Okay. Now there's extreme cases that I agree that there were pro- there were major problems. And as I said, they were compounded more because of the COVID problem, because of the lockdowns and because of the shipping and all those problems. It's hard to believe the problems we had in 2020 and early 2021. It's really hard to believe that today. It's hard to remember that today. The one thing I will say is I've taken COVID units on trade. And we haven't had a laundry list of problems with them. They have their normal issues. They're really easy to fix. Little things here and there. You know, parts are a whole lot easier to get a hold of. There isn't the problems that are amplified because of the internet. So keep that in mind when you're out looking for something used. Now, a lot of you will disagree with me. Fine. Disagree with me. You're right. Free Freedom of speech. Canada, United States, Australia, the majority of the world. You have the freedom to say whatever the hell you want on the internet. If you want to disagree with me, disagree with me. But I'm not telling lies. I'm just spitting the facts. The fact of the matter is, is COVID-19 really screwed up everything? It all was mismanaged. From politicians to companies to vendors to employees to, to gig workers to hospitals to everything was just mismanaged and it just it's still screwed up and the problem is nobody wants to admit that they screwed up and the guys that do admit that they screwed up they're the ones flourishing right now the guys who can't admit it 
because of their ego or their fear. I put all the problems that dealerships are having right now, I put on Pete Legal and Bob Martin and Mr. Lemon at Grand Design. I put it on all the executives at Winnebago Towables. Not Winnebago Motorized. Winnebago Towables. I put it on not interest rates, because interest rates don't seem to bother the majority of you. Actually, a lot of you, when I announced rates went down a little bit voluntarily last week, a lot of you were like, holy crap, man, thank God. That's all we are kind of waiting for was to get it down below 8%. A lot of you are okay with paying 7 and a quarter, or 699 7.5, 7.74. Most of you just were like, I'm not paying 899 Or if you didn't qualify for 899 and you were at 1099 or 999 you were like, thank God I'm going to get 1% break. But the reality of the situation is, is leadership stop starts at the top. And when your ego supersedes the good of the industry, you're stupid. Let me point out one, one thing to you. And hopefully a factory person, an executive at one of these companies, hears this. The first major manufacturer that says, we'll give you 25% rebate back to sell all this 2023 inventory at a loss without a reorder, without... A reorder will dominate the industry for the next 10 years. If I were to go to Warren Buffett and go over Pete Legal's head and go to Warren Buffett and say, Warren, if you write a $100 million check today that covers losses... On every single one of your 2023 inventory on the lot. But in 10 years, that $100 million investment will turn into $10 billion. You know what Warren Buffett would do? Where's my checkbook? These manufacturer heads, Pete Legal, Bob Martin... They don't think ahead like that. They have the money, folks. And if they don't have the money, which is a possibility, they can get the money. Pete Legal can tap Warren Buffett for the money. Bob Martin can tap into every single callback sheet he has at banks, real estate, They have the money. They just have to set aside their ego long enough so that way they can do some good. Because otherwise, these medium-sized dealers are going bye-bye. 
Until next time, have a good one.